0: Ladies and gentlemen around the world, welcome to the Film Deviant Podcast. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>
1: I want extraterrestrial out there I'm talking to like if any extraterrestrials Are listening I invite you To like You know subscribe and like And write a review or whatever But if you haven't guessed uh, I'm Brian and I host a little show Called Film Deviant And speaking of extraterrestrials I actually have a guest Not that I have an extraterrestrial guest Mind you but I have a guest And on her show they sometimes talk about Extraterrestrials if you remember a couple episodes ago, I had the lovely Krista here from uh, the Strange Sessions podcast show, and lo and behold, she wanted to come back, so that says something about my show. So welcome, Krista. Welcome back to Film Deviant.
2: Well, thank you. I was a little worried about where you were going with the <laughs> extraterrestrial thing. thing. Like, I know I'm weird, but no, I, I'm very happy to be back. Thanks for having me back. It was awesome. a blast.
1: Yeah, like actually... I listened to our show and I was like, "We had so much fun on that show." So hopefully, I don't know. Maybe this becomes a regular thing, and that would be freaking amazing. But you or know.
2: this will be a train wreck, and I'll never come back.
1: <laughs> I know, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding. <laughs>
1: but um, speaking of the strange sessions, um, so I listened to the uh, the the most the latest show. Like I don't I don't know when this is going to air, but the one on synchronicity. And so I have a question for you, actually, since I have you in front of me um, regarding synchronicities. So my sister, Amy, okay, I've mentioned to you previously that sometimes we have this like weird, like, I don't know, I don't know what you call it. It's like some kind of weird bond where sometimes I'll text her randomly and, you know, I'll be like, is everything cool or whatever? And she'll be like, yeah, no, like I was feeling something or like I was sick or whatever. And it's always like that kind of connection where I can almost like sense that something weird is going on with her or whatever. So having said that, and this, trust me, like this is not like, it's not like we talked about this before or whatever. So January 1st, I became pescatarian and I started flexibility yoga. And so I I didn't, you know, like I didn't really speak to my sister about this. And into January, I think randomly like we called, I forgot who called one another, but we're just, we're talking. Right. And then like, so she tells me, oh, so like I'm, I'm on this new pescatarian diet. I just started January 1st and you know, I been." and I'm like, whoa, whoa, let me stop you right there. Let me fucking just stop you right the fuck there because I'm pescatarian too. And so, like, and then she was like, oh, really? So we kind of cheesed out about that because we always have those sort of, like, weird moments together or whatever. Uh, and then she also said, like, I started yoga, you know, to go along with, pesca- you know, the pescatarian thing. So I was, like, blown away because I was just like, you know. So now, like, listening to your show, um, I was like, does that fall under, like, the synchronicity, like, category?
2: <clears throat> was it meaningful to you?
1: It totally I
2: mean <laughs> <laughs> that so that's how we that's how we kind of defined what a synchronicity is it's a it's a meaningful coincidence. Okay. And both of you starting down the same path at the same time without telling each other about it. Yeah, I'd mm-hmm. call it a synchronicity. You guys have like a psychic connection or something. I know. I believe <laughs> in that. Crazy. I totally believe in that because I, I know people who kind of have that and Yeah yeah that's that's amazing that's really yeah cool.
1: that's that's it, it was weird like i mean like you know amy and i always had these moments together so i didn't really think anything crazy of it but like you know having known you and listening to the strange sessions like i'm sort of more plugged into like you know these terms as i mentioned in the last episode mm-hmm. so like when you guys were talking about synchronicity with the the one the one with the church where everybody came in late or whatever like that was just fucking crazy <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah, that's um, wild. I mean, there's nothing other than divine intervention happening there. Whatever divinity right. is in your mind, that that yeah. was amazing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then like you know, hearing some of the other things, like the the Anthony Hopkins one, where uh, he's studying for this role, and then like the author of the book, like the advanced copy or whatever, was like just on some random bench, you know. Like so, like moments like that, you know, like you said, they were they were meaningful. And then I guess, like, correlating it to my sister and I, I guess, like, it's just this new lifestyle, like, to be healthier or whatever for each other. We Something that, like, we've always been meaning to do, like, you know, just health-wise as we're getting older or whatever. But never did I once mention, like, you know, I'm just going to bite the bullet and become pescatarian. And then she goes ahead and does it too at the same time, you know.
2: I mean, um, and there's various forms of vegetarianism or, you know, you're not a vegetarian. You 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 eat fish basically, right? Yeah. Right,
0: right, right. Um,
2: so for you both to pick the same sort of, you know, form of that eating is interesting. Like yeah. she didn't go lacto ovo or anything and you went vegetarian. <laughs> you both went pes- That's just so strange.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. So and it's weird. Like it's I, cool. I mentioned I mentioned we have the same birthdays uh to you. Yeah. Um both born on March twelfth. Um, but like I think it's what 9 years apart or whatever. So yeah, it just it's it's crazy. Like I, I don't know. I I um it just like gave me pause because um like with the synchronicity that you had with me, like 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 I said, like with your show, like I'm just more plugged into these things now. So I just more I think like you guys were talking on the show like you know, when you once you start paying attention to these things, like you actually start noticing them more, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, another thing I was going to ask you was, uh, is that, like, um, isn't there, like, a term, I think it's matrixing, where, like, your mind makes you believe in a certain thing or whatever?
2: Well, it's, it's like, seeing a shape in the clouds mm-hmm. or seeing, like, a shadow and seeing a face in there. Your, your brain is trying to make sense of nonsense, sort of. So a lot of people will see a picture a face in a window on a you know an old abandoned building and people say oh that's just matrixing your eyes are just making some sense out of what's there rather than a person or a ghost actually being there so that's that's sort of what that refers to
1: gotcha okay so like now in relation to synchronicity like would it be um, feasible to say like that maybe your mind is making you see certain things cause now you're sort of paying attention. So, Oh my God, this was a coincidence. And now I'm seeing this as a coincidence and this, and you know, like when, uh, when, when, when you guys are talking about numbers myself, like I, I always saw the number 23 and I know that's like a, it's a Jim Carrey movie or whatever, but <laughs>
0: yeah. um,
1: I have like all my life, I've just always seen 23, you know, like, um, to, to this day, it's like, you know, if I see a mile marker and it's 23, I'm just like, okay, whatever. It's just, you know, it's something that I'm totally used to. And even like as a child, you know, and then I started getting into basketball. Um, and I've always, I've lived in Boston, but I've always been a Chicago bulls fan because of Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan's 23, you know? Mm. So fast forward, I, um, my son comes along. And without any kind of like, I, I didn't talk to him. I didn't like coach him or whatever. His favorite number is forty-five. Okay, okay. that's the number that Jordan took on when he came back from retirement. Okay, so like, there, like there's things like that that happen in life. Like, well, you call it a coincidence, but it's it's almost like how could that have happened without like any kind of like talking to him or setting him up or. You know what I mean? Like, I I think, like, I think we mentioned before, like, I think life, um, things always happen for, like, a reason or whatever, I think, I believe. So, I don't know, sometimes I just, like, I follow that, you know, like, I follow that, like, spiritualness or whatever, you know, like, it just, you know, I'm a very spiritual person, so, like. I'm connected more to that that stuff, you know? Um, so when, when Kurt was saying, like, you know, the, the number 1111 11, and things like that and the time and, like, how everything kind of, you know, matches up to, like, a, a specific thing that you've seen before, like, would that be considered, like, matrixing? Where it's, like, your mind is telling you that this could be this, but it might just be just a random coincidence, you know?
2: I think there's sort of that phenomenon of I just bought a red... Jeep now mm-hmm. I see red jeeps everywhere yeah. so there's that which right. I don't think that's synchronicity it's uh-huh. just you're noticing something more because it's part of your life now yeah. but I I still I, I hold to the fact that if it holds meaning for you or uh-huh. if you if you and the 1111 thing I swear has never happened to me in my life like I've never looked at a clock and saw 1111. Yeah. But if that were something that happened to me, and, and there always seemed to be... Because when Kurt talks about that, he, he says it really seems significant in the moment. I think if it seems significant to you in that moment, mm-hmm. there's something to it. Okay. I, I think there is something also to be said about, well, you know, like the red car thing. You're just going to notice it, you know?
1: Right, 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 right. Yeah, like we, my wife recently bought a new car. And, you know, it's a RAV4. It's, like, you see RAV4s everywhere or whatever. But, like, I legit, like, that day when she bought the car and then, like, the next day I went into work, it was, like, I would look over and there was a RAV4 next to me. And then, like, you know. So, yeah, like, you definitely do. Like, you're, they're probably, it was going to be there anyway. But yeah, because now it's, like, now you know what the shape looks like and your mind is sort of, like, uh, used to it or whatever. You you spot it everywhere. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm um but yeah i i would i would agree where that's different from like like legit synchronicities because like you said like that time where you were like you just happened to be listening to my show and then like you just randomly thought of pulp fiction and i mentioned pulp fiction stuff like that it's just like you're kind of in that moment together you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so yeah um but super interesting and another thing on your show that you mentioned was uh queen's live aid performance um i have to give a shout out on my show because i that's one of the greatest performances of all time yes
2: (laughs) it it is yeah yeah. Yeah.
1: that uh link that i sent you i don't know if you got a a chance to listen to it it's a gentleman by the name of christian james hand um and anybody who's listening to the show i totally recommend following him on uh instagram he's at king Trut or at the sessions on air.com. and i guess what he does is uh, he he's always been like a big music producer and he's like toured the world and recorded with a lot of these artists um so he's got a lot of these just like master tapes lying around he he, he doesn't mention where he gets it gets them from but that link the one that i sent you it's a it's a podcast of him breaking down uh radio gaga so You have, like, Brian May's guitar, just like a solo track. And then you have, like, all these other solo tracks, you know, the drums and the bass. And then when he gets to Freddie's voice.
0: You gave them all, those old-time stars, through wars or worlds, invaded by Mars. You made them laugh, you made them cry, you made us feel like we could fly. So don't become some background noise <laughs> Backed up for the girls and boys Who just don't know or just don't care And just complain when you're not there You had the time, you have the power you yet to have your finest hour Radio
1: it's just another level of just like it blows your mind there there's not
2: there is one guy who sounds just like him and i believe he did some of the um sort of not performance vocals but like when in the movie bohemian rhapsody when rami's character when he as an actor was allegedly singing just in the moment This Uh guy was doing it, and he sounds just like Freddie Mercury. But Freddie Mercury, I mean, he was was one of a kind. Nobody had a voice like that, you know? Or a presence, the presence that he had. And he was kind of goofy and (laughs) over-the-top or whatever, the dances that he would do on stage, but you can't help but love it because he was Freddie Mercury. I mean...
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: I'm I will check to, that link out. I will definitely check that. Yeah, link out. yeah.
1: I, I just think as a music fan, as a fan yeah. of Queen, like, you would, you're you just going to be sitting there, like, I, I rewound it a few times, and I was just like, it's just unbelievable. Like, like okay, like, like you said, one of a kind. And, like, artists like that, you'll never, you know, like, Prince will never see another Prince. We'll never see another David Bowie. You know, we'll never see these artists again. So if you were lucky enough to, like, enjoy Queen when they were around, like, oh, my God. Kudos to you! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um To be at a queen show and just like see all that stuff going down. Oh my god! <laughs> time machine.
2: Um, Someone needs to invent a time machine, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For a absolutely. variety of reasons, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like I totally recommend. Uh, his name's Christian James Han at King Trut. I always recommend stuff on my show, and that's that's probably the only one I'll recommend aside from. The Strange Sessions, which is a favorite of mine. Speaking of Strange Sessions, another another topic. <laughs> I sent you recently, I guess there's new evidence of uh, the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, yeah. And I told you how, like, I'm a firm believer. <laughs> like, there's not much. Like, I don't, you know, I don't believe in, like, people, like, the flat earthers out there or, like, people that fake the moon landing or whatever, you know. There's one thing that I do, like, wholeheartedly, like, ever since I was a little kid, like, that fucking thing is real, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> the Loch Ness. So like when I saw the new, um, and you know, granted, like it could be anything, right. It could be a multitude of things, but in my head, I'm like, Oh, like the, the, uh, the search for Nessie is back on, you know, cause it's been dormant forever. So like, I, I raised the question to you, like, why is there no goddamn Nessie on the strange sessions? You know, there's oh. gotta be, <laughs>
2: You should ask Kurt. <laughs> no, <laughs> Kurt. Kurt really is the one who he plans. Like, I don't even know sometimes what we're going to talk about until I show up, or maybe he'll tell me the day before. But I will definitely yeah. plant that seed. You've already told me to do that, and I forgot. I'm writing it down. <laughs> tell <laughs> Kurt Nessie. Yes, Nessie is a necessity for Brian. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, because I, I eat that up all day long. Like, and that's actually the. I, th- I told you that's the that's the thing that made me find the strange sessions so i was like on this quest to find all these podcasts about nessie and then uh you know one of them that i listened to like his stuff really wasn't that great it was just the nessie shows it it blew my mind because he started talking about how portals may exist and that's why like you don't see a nessie sighting until like you know 20 years from now or whatever so they they slip in and out of the portal and that was just like Holy shit. <laughs> now, now I believe in portals. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Um, but, and then like under the recommendations, I found Strange Sessions. And then I clicked it and I just, I've been a, a big fan since. So having said that, there should be, if Kurt is ever, li- I, I doubt he would listen to something as lowbrow as my podcast show. <laughs> he will too. He will, I will make him listen. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no,
0: he'll he'll
1: but Kurt, if you're listening. Loch Ness, dude. Like, we we have to have a Strange Sessions, the Loch Ness monster.
2: I find um, it ironic that you found us looking for podcasts about Loch Ness, and we've never talked about Loch Ness.
0: I know <laughs>
2: it's kind of weird, but okay.
1: <laughs> and then through me, you guys are going to have an episode on Loch Ness. Is Full that circle. synchronicity? Full
2: circle, yeah. Full circle.
0: We'll
1: call that one. <laughs> so anyway um i won't delve into any social commentary this episode i I made the promise um
2: (laughs) i didn't request that by the way (laughs) probably like what's her
1: problem (laughs) no 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 It was totally not krista it was all me because i I feel like i go on a little tirade and then i sort of like especially if i don't have a guest on I, i have to like reel myself back in you know it's like Thirty minutes into the show, and I'm still talking about like getting pulled over by the cops or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> but this one's strictly film. Like uh, ever, ever since our last episode, you and I were chatting, and you know we were thinking of like maybe doing like sort of a regular uh, sort of episode where we talk about films that we've seen. And we landed on a couple of recommendations from you. The first one, and I'll I'll, I'll give it to you to do the the synopses of these films. Um, but the first one is a film from... They're both from 2015, which is what I thought was crazy. Yeah.
0: You know, I, didn't I thought...
1: Know. Yeah, yeah, they're both... Um, now, the, the first one we're going to talk about... Again, I'm doing it where, like, I talk, like, forever about the movie without giving the goddamn title of the film. <laughs> but 20 2015, it was shot in 2012, which is interesting because... Uh, So the 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 movie is called Final Girl. Final Girl, singular. No, no, the in front of it. Just Final Girl. So you know you don't get it confused when you're trying to search for it on Prime or whatever. So the thing that links these two films together is they both star Alexander Ludwig. Am I pronouncing his name right? I know you're a big fan. Ludwig. (laughs) Ludwig. (laughs) I'm
0: assuming, like
2: you know, Beethoven. Anyway, yeah, I think that's right, Alexander Ludwig.
1: Yeah, so um, these two films star him, and they're both from 2015, but the, the interesting thing is, like, so Final Girl was shot in 2012, and The Final Girls was shot in 2014, so, like, when you see him in The Final Girls, he looks a little bit more, like, refined, I would say, and... In Final Girl, he looks more like, like just a dude that's showing up for his first movie. Like mm-hmm. that, I get that feeling from him, you know what I mean? So anyway, without further ado, take it away. What is Final Girl from 2015 about?
2: So the main character, name is Veronica. Uh, the movie follows her from childhood, just after her parents have died. And into young adulthood where she has spent an unknown amount of time. They don't really kind of tell us that right. part. But mm-hmm. an unknown amount of time training to basically, uh, basically become like the perfect weapon.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: with an older man named William. And it's revealed at the beginning of the movie that this guy's wife and daughter were taken from him by, quote, a very bad man. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically trains her to take on these four teenage boys... Who hunt and kill specifically blonde girls for sport we don't know why yeah i don't know how he targeted them they don't really reveal that part but basically the whole movie is leading up to this final showdown with these four guys in the woods
0: veronica would you like to come with me where i would be training you for a very important job
2: what kind of job
0: the kind most people can't handle What do you guys do out there? We hunt. So, are you ready for a game? And I want you to run Veronica. And then what? We hunt you down. What? with the most will is the strongest you're gonna have to do this mission alone you are an interesting girl
1: like you said like they don't really reveal too much they don't they sort of um they sort of do what the last film that we talked about um sweetheart does where they just sort of Lay out all these characters. Uh, they, they sort of give you like the main premise as the, the movie, as the film sort of goes along. But they never like, really reveal any of the details, um, which was one of my issues with the film. So Final Girl had a 31% tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes. 30, 31% so deemed rotten, if you will. And the tagline is the hunted becomes the hunter. Directed by Tyler Shields, which, uh, are you familiar with Tyler Shields at all? Um, Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) His claim to fame is, I don't know if you ever saw that um, Kathy Griffin had a a photo of, like, a a severed head of Donald Trump.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah.
1: Like, years ago, right? Um, Or a couple, I don't know. I, I, I forgot when it was when she put it out there but Tyler Shields is the gentleman that shot that photo that you know kind of went on to be like oh my god what the fuck is this you know right?
0: Um,
1: so that's his main claim to fame and so this is his feature directorial debut if you will and I'll say like the film does feel like a first time director Um, almost like a first time for me anyway like a first time director that like he he doesn't quite know the ropes you know there's a there's a list i didn't i didn't write them down in my notes but there's a list of like uh when you go on imdb and you see like all the film goofs or whatever there's like a long list of like you know uh film person or crew can be seen in one shot and you know things like that you know
0: really okay
1: (laughs) which i actually didn't notice but some of the details, like some, like we talked about storytelling in the last episode and some of the storytelling details are sort of, um, they're not really fleshed out. Uh, there's a, there's a scene, uh, I'm jumping ahead, but there's a scene towards in the third act when, uh, Abigail Breslin's character, Veronica, she performed most of her stunts by the way, which is crazy. Just watching like the fight, the fighting, uh, choreography that happened in this film, like. By the way, I said uh, choreography <laughs> in the Ninja episode. I always said uh, choreography or something. <laughs> choreography. Yeah. So I forget what I said, but I said it like listening back. I'm like, oh, that's the wrong way to say that, dude. I didn't. I totally didn't. I, I let it go in the, in the editing phase or whatever. But I'm correcting myself in this episode. Choreography. Choreography. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which is funny because when I heard, uh, Kurt trip up a little bit, I was like, yes, I'm not alone. <laughs> oh,
2: trying to pronounce propinquity p- or something like that. Yeah, I, I yeah. Would never end. It was great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so like seeing her fighting, it was just like really interesting because like she did most of that, you know, stunt work. Um, but towards, um, I want to say it's in the third act when she drugs everybody and she's going and dispatching each and every, every individual. Um, There's a scene where, like, so she stoops down uh, to take off her high heels or whatever, and then she ties her hair back, and then she runs off. And then, so, I'm watching the movie, and then, like, it must have been, like, I was eating uh, Ben and Jerry's ice cream, so it must have been, like, when I, you know, dipped, like, my uh, spoon to, like, eat or whatever. Because I I didn't, like, I'm watching, and then, like, all of a sudden, I see her, like, in combat boots, and I'm like... How the hell did she put on combat boots, you know? Like, where did those come? Like, does she have a bag, like, hidden somewhere or whatever, you know?
2: I had the answer to that question. (laughs) So you didn't see that happen in the movie?
1: But, okay, okay. I I didn't see it happen. But and then I rewound it because I was like, it was something oh. that I missed because I didn't see her, like you know. So, and then I see her like taking off the combat boots from um, I forget his name, uh, Danny, I think it was, uh, the guy that um sees the pandas, um, <laughs> in, in his hallucination. I guess he she, I guess so. I'm to assume that she takes off the combat boots and slips them onto her feet, which in my head, I'm like, man, that's that dude's got some small feet because <laughs> she's her frame is real small. You know? <laughs> so having said that you know just like little details like that I, I as somebody that's made my own films like i i a lot of my 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 films are short films so it's like a lot of my own films i i wrote like for my first film i wrote like a whole treatment for a feature film and then i just chopped it down from there so at least like it would have like the ambience of a bigger story you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: so with with this one it almost felt like they didn't really pay attention to a lot of those little, you know, um, uh, like details that you would see in something that's a, a bit more refined, you know? So like, I don't know. I, I thought like the performances were great. Wes Bentley. I think I mentioned him to you <laughs> during our messaging. I, that's one actor. Uh, I don't know if you have those actors that you just can't stand for whatever reason. Um, ever since, um, uh, american beauty where he plays that weird guy that loves bags you know like just something about him that just turns me off and just like i'm always feeling like when he's ever in a movie like he's always up to no good like he's just (laughs) that one character that's just like i don't trust that guy you know so for the whole running time of this film i'm like thinking he's got some fucking ulterior motives to this poor veronica chick you know so i don't know and then like it's just like the movie ends with them eating pancakes, you know, and nothing is nothing, nothing is revealed about, like, their relationship like, nothing is revealed about why, you know, he chose her, or, or like what his deal is, personally like, and, okay, so I have a question for you what, this might have been a a scene where, like, (laughs) I was trying to get a a piece of cookie dough that was deep in there, or whatever, but um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, what organization does he work for?
2: (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) I wish you could see my face, people. They show... The movie starts with him, like, interviewing... Not even really interviewing her. I took it as this guy's, like, a a psychologist or something. That's what I got out of it. And he's telling her that her parents have died... And then with zero emotion. And she, weirdly enough, also has zero emotion about it. Mm. And I think it was a test. You know, he's putting her through this test. He's looking for someone to carry out this plan for him. But he mm. had to find someone who has the sort of qualities of a psychopath in a little bit of yeah. weight. You know what I mean? Like, no emotion about her parents dying. No emotion about really anything. And I think that's why he chose her. So that's mm. how I saw that. But I don't, I'm not clear on what he was or why he was there
0: mm-hmm. or
2: how he got access to her when she was like five at the time right so, Yeah, and that's a good question they don't they don't really explain that very well It's you just are left to sort of kind of put it together in your head
1: yeah yeah and and like to your point like i thought he was a psychologist too until he started, like, training her in the arts of combat, I was like, okay, so... (laughs) Like, is he, like, a psychologist that can, like, kick ass or something, you know? And and then to that end, like, I've seen other films where, you know, like, uh, La Femme Nikita, for example, um, where, like, a female is trained to be, like, a high-level assassin, and she has to go through, like, all these missions or whatever. And it's always the... uh, I don't know if you've ever seen. Um, there's a movie called. Oh, here we go again. I'm I'm gonna forget a, a film. It's <laughs> gonna. Do. Um, it came out like a couple years ago. Um, I think Luke Besson directed it. Um, he's the same guy that directed uh, the original La Femme Nikita, and he also directed The Professional, which is a film that I I, I absolutely love. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but he he directed a movie. Is it Hannah? What's that?
2: Hannah. It's, the only thing they, that
1: comes. it's something like that. It's it's, it's like a little a girl
2: who's a blonde little girl who's trained to become a an assassin as a child.
1: Right, but that that one came out before oh. this film that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, like in that film and then like um what's her name from uh um the Hungry Games? Um the, the main oh. actress. <laughs> yeah, the the Hunger Games <laughs> God, I'm forgetting everybody's name. <laughs> I can. She see her. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: Jennifer. Jennifer something. Lawrence. Jennifer yes, Lawrence. Lawrence.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Part of the fun of the show is <laughs> you playing along at home to guess like <laughs> the actor or the actress of the movie. Red or
2: Sparrow? Is it Red Sparrow?
1: That's yeah. That's the film that she was in. Okay. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of these films show you like, okay, so they're a part of this organization. They're part of this underground, like spy regime. or I don't know. Like, like, you know, people that bring these, uh, you know, young people along and then shepherd them and then train them. in these arts of like, you know, being the perfect assassin. And then they, they have their own string of like personal, like emotional issues that they got to work through, you know? So like in this movie, it's almost like they set you up for that, you know, personal emotion and kind of arc where they got to work through like whatever they're dealing with, but they never really delve into that, any of that stuff, you know? So like, I was so down for that stuff, you know? And, and the more like, like, so, and I'm sorry for like, you know, I don't know, like if you, if you were a big fan of this film, um, I don't mean to like, you know, uh, downplay it. Like, like it's got some really cool stuff in it, but, I don't know, like, I just, I felt like the movie was purposely being detached from the viewer, you know, it was almost like, like, uh, arm's length, like, you're over here, and we're doing our thing, and you're never going to learn about any of these characters, because I'm not going to show you, (laughs) You like, like, I I don't know, it it infuriated me in that way, um, (laughs) because Veronica Abigail Breslin I I love her as an actress she's been in a, a lot of cool she was in a here's another movie I can't remember but she was in a, a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger um Maggie I think it's called uh where she plays they're like in a zombie apocalypse and then she gets bitten and then Arnold Schwarzenegger is the father and he's got to like like deal with her his daughter being bitten by a zombie mm-hmm. you know um really good performances and I've I've always looked at Abigail Breslin as like somebody that's going to, like, one day, like, win an Oscar or something. Like, I think she's just great. So she's great in this movie. Some of the male characters uh, that play, like, these, like, psychopaths that prey on, you know, young blonde girls... uh, the the guy that plays Danny, and I I like him from other films. His name's Lo- Logan Huffman. I think he's an Australian actor. He was in uh, if you're a big Twilight fan. I'm not a huge. I'm not. I, I don't like the Twilight movies, <laughs> but if you're a Twilight fan, he was in that movie. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Um, and um, he was also in um, a bunch of other films that I really like. Um, so I like him as an actor, but I think in this movie he was just playing like he was overacting. That scene where he's being followed, like he's like, he's, he was drugged and, and he's hallucinating these pandas coming after him. He does a lot of these like motions where if you look at theater actors, they, they kind of over embellish their motions where it's like he's swinging the axe and you can tell he's putting his hip into it. And like a lot of that stuff, just like it irked me because I was like, it's a way to downplay that, you know, it's a way to be a psychopath, but be creepy while you're playing that, you know. So, I don't know, a lot of these characters I, w- I wasn't on board with. Um, I'll, talk about, I'll talk more about Alexander Ludwig. <laughs> but I, a fun fact with this film is um, he was actually punched by the director in the face and chest to get him ready for a lot of these fight scenes and whatever. And um, with Alexander's permission, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's good. You're like, don't punch my man. <laughs> <laughs> so that was weird um and then the the girl that plays gwen which is um i think it's the the first female that they show like getting killed or whatever and then like later on in the film she comes back as that sort of uh, apparition that comes like while he's hanging there um it's the one that they focus on in the center that's actually she's played by francesca eastwood which is uh Clint Eastwood's daughter. So that's, that's an interesting little tidbit. But aside from all that stuff, like I just didn't connect with this film. Um, I felt that it was, um, I just, it felt flat with me. Like, like I said, I really wanted to love all these characters in particular, Veronica. I just didn't get why, like her motivations, especially if she's so detached from her own family's death, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a, it's, um, it's a, film trait that i do love and understand because it's like when when somebody is unfeeling you know uh they can be like the perfect assassin you know what i mean and and that part of it is cool but i have to know why she's doing these things like why is this guy training her to do this why why are they focusing on why are they killing blondes you know like
0: why (laughs) all,
1: all this stuff you know so um So, your impressions of the film?
2: So, I agree with a lot of that. Um, I could see what they were trying to do, even with the kind of style of the film. It was Mm -hmm. sort of very stylized. I don't know if you noticed, but everybody was driving, like, really kick-ass, like, retro muscle cars, which I was a fan of, because I love that. Um, They all dressed in, like, kind of retro clothing. I could see Mm -hmm. where they were going with that, but Mm -hmm. I think the, the actors... I agree with you. All of the boys, mm-hmm. especially the one he—he he was so trying to be like this this over the top character, and it was too much. My husband mm-hmm. was watching it with me. He's like, "I hate this guy. Like, he's so yeah. annoying." <laughs> and they, yeah, every everybody kind of overacted as far as the boys. I didn't love how they really tried to sexualize Veronica. To me, yeah. she's a teenage girl, and. In my mind she's always gonna be the little girl from signs <laughs> right <laughs> which i just watched like a couple days ago because i love that movie and i'm like but but no you can't it, like weird things they would have her do with her mouth and like the way she would eat yeah. i was just like i'm not i i didn't feel that i didn't like that part of it either To your
1: point, like that that scene, like at the very, I think it's one of the last shots of the movie, actually, where they're eating the pancake and then she like puts her finger in her mouth. I'm like, that is not like, that's not necessary. (laughs) You know, like it's, you do, you're going overboard with that stuff. And especially with her, like I just, yeah, a lot of stuff rubbed me the wrong way as well.
2: Well, and she was five years old at the beginning of the movie and he was married and had a kid. So there's a huge age gap there, which, I mean, whatever. Some people are cool with Mm -hmm. that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Mm -hmm. I happen to find Alexander Ludwig very uh, attractive, (laughs) and he's only 28. (laughs) But anyway. Um, Yeah, it it was just, you could, they alluded to the fact that she wanted to have some kind of relationship with him, and Mm -hmm. he was, she was just looking for affection or something, because she's clearly Mm -hmm. never had any. But it, it just, it didn't play out well. I think that in different hands, maybe this mm-hmm. movie could have been totally different i I liked I, I that they were going with it I liked the concept I liked the plot, but mm-hmm. I think it could have been executed a lot better
1: yeah and and uh, a film that I mentioned before like the professional like the relationship between those two characters they they did it in such a way where it's like it was so heartfelt and it was like the they didn't like really play on the sexual part of it, which would have been so fucking creepy but uh, but, like, you, you can just understand that these two individuals that come from different worlds, like, they genuinely love each other and, and they would, like, die for each other, you know? Um, almost more like a father-daughter kind of relationship, you know? So, like, when you see these two, it's like, there's a way to do that and make it tasteful and make it, like, like really heartfelt where you're actually, like, falling in love with these characters and you don't want anything to happen to these characters, you know? like Like, when she's getting into a fight with all these guys, like... You know, there's a part of me where I'm, like, kick ass or whatever. But at the same time, it's, like, if if the movie turned where it was, like, she was killed or whatever, honestly, like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I would have just been, like, okay. You know? <laughs> you, you, where, where are you taking me, you know? So, yeah, like, I, I just, but like I said, I, I really wanted to, um you know, I, I wanted to be immersed in this world because I, I'm a fan of those movies where, like, you know, a, a young girl is being trained or a young boy or whatever, they're being trained to, to do a thing, and then, you know, it's that, like, growth, you know. You mm-hmm. you see a lot of these coming-of-age movies that come out all the time, um, and this is that same thing, but in, with a darker twist to it, you know. So speaking of movies that, okay, well, before we move along, <laughs> is there anything else you want to say about this film?
2: Um, I don't think so. I, I just think it's ironic that I thought I was going to watch this movie, and then I accidentally stumbled on the next movie we're going to talk about because the titles are the same and because there's a common actor in both of them. So,
1: <laughs>
2: A common actor that
1: you you feel is like really, uh, how you say?
2: A um, strapping young man who's very stra- tall and has blonde <laughs> hair and blue eyes.
1: <laughs> and he was in um, that show Vikings, yeah? Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I like that show a lot. I, I do like oh, that. Oh, you do? It's a good show, yeah. That
1: okay? Because there's a couple people that have been like recommending the show to me, and I've always just been like, "Eh." but um, but you do recommend the show? It's a a good show. I
2: really like it.
1: Cool. So personally, I I probably wouldn't recommend Final Girl to anybody. Like, would you recommend it?
2: I would, but with like a just be prepared. Like, you may like it. Yeah, somebody probably likes this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, know. but like, I won't watch it again. I would definitely watch our our next movie again.
1: Yeah. And and having said that, the next film that we're talking about is a film also from 2015, but this one was shot in 2014 and it has a 71% in the tomato meter. So it's a fresh, (laughs) it's a fresh film. Um, The tagline is who will survive. Um, and it's the final girls. Welcome to Camp Bluefinch,
0: <laughs> where romance and the sun can turn deadly. Best summer
2: ever! This is the summer that's going to change your life.
0: Where the days are warm. Hey, Nance,
2: My guitar's choice. Thanks, Blake. Fitching hair. The girls are cool. Did I miss the kumbaya circle?
0: The nights are always hot. And evil lurks around every corner. Gosh, you startled me.
1: So I just go down that path all the way?
0: A guy like you can go anywhere he wants. (laughs) Um, And any moment, Billy can strike. They won't be singing Kumbaya. They'll be screaming Kumbano. Pack your bags for Camp Bloodbath. You
2: just messed with the wrong virgin.
0: We're the only marshmallow that will roast. Is your sanity.
2: So the final girls is about another blonde orphan. Go figure. (laughs) uh, Named Max. Her mother, who was the final girl in a B horror film called Camp Bloodbath, is killed very suddenly in a car accident pretty early on in the movie. And so Max, I think it's like three years later, she gets talked into attending the 20 year anniversary showing of this movie, which has like this cult following. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's in the theater. Alexander Ludwig is there. He's sort of like her blossoming love interest. Um, (laughs) And her best friend is there with her, too. And her best friend's stepbrother. Right.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And
2: uh, a fire breaks out in the movie theater. And the only way that they can figure out to escape is to slice into the screen and climb through. Mm-hmm. And they somehow inadvertently get trapped inside the movie. Yeah. So the whole movie is basically just shenanigans of them trying to get away from Billy, the guy mm-hmm. with the machete who's trying to kill everybody, mm-hmm. and to also escape the movie. And yeah. it, it, it it is hilarious. It is. It is.
1: It is. And... and- I loved it so much that I actually watched so I watched it over I think the past weekend and then last night after I was done watching Final Girl I just jumped back into The Final Girls and watched it again <laughs> because I just like it's just such a fun movie director the director of the film is Todd Strauss-Schulson. and the only thing that you know is of interest of him is he didn't really go on and do anything else other than In 2019, he did a film called "Isn't It Romantic" with uh, Rebel Wilson and Liam Hemsworth. Um, I guess it's a rom-com. I've I didn't hear. I think I saw maybe one trailer, but I I didn't hear about it until I, I read. Is IMDb uh, list <laughs> <best> or whatever.
2: <laughs> I'm shaking my head and I actually have seen that movie. Oh, you did? <laughs> it's funny, actually, yes. Yeah, oh,
1: it is? Okay. It is.
2: No, it's a good movie. It's funny.
1: Okay, because another movie that I'll mention probably later, although I'm mentioning it right now, is uh, Pitch Perfect, which I'm a huge fan <laughs> of those films. <laughs> um, and in this film, Adam D- Devine, um, he's in this one as well. So it's also it, here's an interesting tidbit. It's co-written by a gentleman named Joshua John Miller, who conceived this film as a way of dealing with the death of his father, Jason Miller, who played Father Carris in The Exorcist. Yeah, <laughs> it blew my okay. mind too. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know
0: that.
1: Yeah, so it's it's interesting that like um, this individual like was basically like his life was a horror movie you know like his life i'm sure he's been to like countless conventions i'm sure he's like like people are steeped in exorcist lore or whatever so i'm sure he gets like that all the time you know so when you when you look at the film and basically it's about a young girl whose mother happens to be a a film star and then she passes away and she's going to deal with that stuff um it's very like you know it, it, he de- he works out with a lot of those emotions but you can definitely feel it through the screen like when i when i watched um uh Thiesa, i want to say I, I hope i'm pronouncing your name correctly taiesa farmiga who's uh, vera farmiga's sister um and i know you people will probably know her from american horror story um but this one is actually her genre film debut like she was on america american horror story the show but this is her first like legit like feature movie as like a horror kind of related movie, um, and then later on she went on to be on in the Nun. Uh, she was in the Nun, so like I both, I think she's a great actress. I think she's one of the best out there. So when she emotes that stuff, like when her mother passes away and she's like that scene when they enter this like you know uh, B movie or whatever, and you just sort of like you're sitting there and you're waiting for it because like you said, it's um it's one of those like filmmaking tricks where it's like they open up with these two and you just feel like they're really cool and it's not only like i, I actually didn't realize that they were mother and daughter I've, i thought more like they were buddies or whatever they were friends you know And then the, you see like the actual dynamic and what's happening and you're like oh okay like they're mother and daughter and that's she it's almost like the the daughter is taking care of the mother you know that that angle or whatever so um like you said it's revealed early on that her mother passes away via a car accident. So the whole movie is basically her trying to deal with the loss of her mother. And, um, which is why she's reluctant to attend this, you know, um, this film revival or whatever. So when, when she, when they finally come across the actual characters that are on screen of this B movie and they, they go in, what is a a van or whatever, Mm Mm-hmm you're just sitting there and you're just waiting for this moment to happen. You know what I mean? And when it happens, I actually, like, I legit, like, I was like, oh, like, I'm not going to reveal that I teared up on my own show, but I kind of teared up. <laughs> so, like, it's very heartfelt. Like, when when you compare this one to the the the, um, the previous film that we just talked about, Final Girl, there's a lot of emotion in this movie. There's a lot of character development. And what I like to call, like, expositional um, quick expositional stuff like where it's not necessarily you know dragged out that this is why she feels this way about this individual you get brief glimpses of it in the beginning and but you're automatically hooked into their relationship you know what i mean even through just one dialogue essentially you know and it's it's funny too because another thing that i looked up um and an interesting tidbit is originally in the script she her max's character was written as like somebody who was uh suicidal after the death of her mother so there's a scene in the script where she's about to hang herself in the room and then she gets a call by her friend um gertie is that her name gertie gertie the
0: character? yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> she gets a call by her her best friend um or maybe it wasn't Gertie, maybe it was like the 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 kid that was trying to convince her to come to this like revival or whatever so like it's just interesting that they just kind of did away with that and concentrated more on just her dealing with the loss like in a, a more healthy kind of way, you know so yeah, like I, I I really I adored all the characters, even the the annoying ones i, I you know like I'm a big horror movie guy. Um, this is sort of a take on the slash, the 80s slasher trope that was very popular in the, in the, in the eighties, um, late seventies into the eighties. And I just remember all my horror loving friends loving this movie and like recommending this to me or whatever. And I saw that it was PG 13 and I was just like, eh, I'm not into like, you know, the light <laughs> stuff.
2: <whatever."> <laughs> Babies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'll, I'll say like, um, when you finally got me, you know, to come around to this movie, I love the fuck out of this movie. It's just, like, it's so entertaining. Everything that, like, every joke in here hits. Um, like I mentioned before, Adam Devine, or Divine or whatever the hell his name is. Like, he improvised most of his own stuff in the movie. And he just cracks me up, like, in any movie that I see him in. So, his, he's great in it. Everybody's great in it. I'm a big fan of... Um, Aliyah Shawcat, who plays Gertie. She's the girl with all the freckles and whatnot. I love her in anything that she's in. She was in a movie called um, Green The Green Room. Have you ever seen that one? I don't think so. It's the movie. I, where... I don't know.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like this punk rock band and they go to play a show and they end up like in some like Nazi skinhead area or whatever, and it just escalates into this crazy tension-filled movie. But, but she's in she's it.
2: In that? Okay. That's on yeah. Netflix, and I've been wanting to check it yeah. out. Kevin haven't, so no. Because yeah. I really like her, too. She was also in the roller derby movie.
1: Yes. She plays yeah. the
2: best friend, and I, I loved her in that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And interesting tidbit. It's weird. I don't know, like, why this popped up. But apparently, she's been seen with Brad Pitt. So there's, like, a rumor that she's actually going out with Brad Pitt these days or whatever. Which is, hey, whatever, you know, awesome. <laughs> a really cool tidbit about her is the revelation in the film that Gertie slept with an autistic guy that was scripted in a very mean spirited way. So Aaliyah decided to come up with her own dialogue because she didn't agree with that part in the script. And then afterwards the creators of the film actually praised her for it. Um, So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, as me, as somebody that like is very sensitive with a lot of that stuff when I see it in film, like, I I honestly like I don't mind it if it makes sense in the movie like if they're trying to show like a character that's like very mean-spirited or whatever you know if it's for the film then okay if it's for the story um but when they stick stuff in there just to kind of like you know um belittle somebody else you know that might be going through something or whatever um I'm not a fan of that so the fact that she did that like I love her anyway and like she's awesome now for that. you know
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's really- um
1: <clears throat> um so yeah, and um Alexander Ludwig is also in this film and I, th- I actually think he does an amazing job in this movie. He plays um I guess the the sort of boyfriend of Max and you know they they eventually end up together. But it's just like it's one of those things where he could have easily played like the jock role or whatever. And he's sort of, like, that, that, like, nice guy in this movie. You know, like, there's many parts in the movie where he's actually doing the good, the the, the right thing. Um, and so, like, I really liked his character in this film. And such a contrast from the film that we were just talking about, where he plays this ultimate <laughs> douchebag, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, how was how that for you, like, watching somebody that you really, like, adore, you know, like, play these two kind of opposite roles, you know?
2: I think it shows versatility, because yeah. he really was a douchebag in that last movie. I mean, he <laughs> was really believable in that part. I mean, yeah. No, I, I I thought he did a great job, too. He showed, like, so much emotion in The yeah. fine Girls. Like, from fear to, like, mm-hmm. crying in another scene. I mean, and as someone who's sort of a relatively new actor, mm-hmm. I, I think he, he does a good job. I don't know. I thought he... I loved how... The movie had a lot of your token characters. Mm -hmm. Like there was the sort of the floozy, you know. She was one of the funniest ones there. (laughs) There was Adam Devine's character, or Devine, whatever his name is. He is like the next Jack Black. So many of his, like his physicality, his facial expressions and the way he does comedy (laughs) reminds me so much of Jack Black and I love Jack Black. Yeah, Um, me too. You know, the the would-be jock, isn't quite the jock you know the mm-hmm. it just they they took your token characters and put a little bit of a twist on them mm-hmm. to make them mm-hmm. all just a little bit more endearing i guess you know
1: yeah
2: yep nina Dobrev was in this if anybody's yeah. watched vampire diaries and nina, nina dubrev uh, played sort of the self-centered um ex-girlfriend Mm -hmm. of alexander's character and even at the end you ended up kind of liking her too even though she was supposed to be the one you weren't supposed to like through the whole movie so yeah i I, you're right character development they really did kind of i identified in some way with everyone who was in the movie Mm -hmm. so
1: yeah yeah and and to your point it's like there's so much like when you think about that in that way like there's so much depth with each character and so you go from like you know like so that's the ex-girlfriend, and like you said, you're not supposed to like her, but you actually end up liking a lot of these characters. And you actually, I, I loved all the characters. I, I thought mm-hmm. even the caricatures in the B-movie were, like, you know, uh, a sort of tribute to some of these... Like, the the um, Nancy and Tina, like, they're actually named that way because of the Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Like the, oh, It's like yeah. a love... It's a love letter to, like, some of these older horror movies, you know? So, like, having said that, like... It's almost like, oh my God, yeah, that, that girl is totally supposed to be, be uh she's supposed to be the uh the girl from Friday the thirteenth or whatever, you know, and, and I love her because of that, but she's also putting her own thing in in that particular character. Like you said, the the girl that plays the floozy. There's a scene where she like dances all crazy
0: and uh, <laughs> And it's crazy.
1: <laughs> she said she like downed like a couple uh energy drinks in order for her to like get to that level <laughs>
0: or whatever. Wow. You know? It was impressive.
2: You know, I watched that, though, thinking to myself, is she actually a dancer, though? Because there was something so, like, beautiful about what she did. It was insane. But, yeah, Yeah. that was a really funny scene.
1: Yeah, and then, like, not to mention, like, in contrast to the other film that we watched, this film they kind of play over the top without actually being over the top. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing this, like, purposeful thing, (laughs)
0: <laughs> I was just thinking that, yes.
1: <laughs> Synchronicity. I loved each and every one of these characters, and and it's actually funny that um, the original ending only Max and Chris were to survive. That was they actually shot that, and they thought it was too much of a downer because everybody loved all the other characters, so they just they had everybody survive. You know, spoiler alert: um, <laughs>
2: they all live <laughs> <laughs> except Billy. Um, Billy dies
1: yeah but like there's a <laughs> right?
2: oh yeah there's right
1: so I, I love that, to too. that. <laughs> oh snap are you are you uh <laughs> I,
2: I, you get you'll get to that you never mind <laughs> I tried it on the last episode of the strain sessions and it didn't work either
1: <laughs> oh it's so great it's so meta um <laughs> So, yeah, so, like, I think um, as a whole, like, The Final Girls is so entertaining. Out of the two, I would, like, jump in your face to recommend this one because it's it's just such a fun movie. Even despite, like, the PG-13 rating, I, I thought it was, like, capable enough of, like, entertaining you on a higher level or, like, a... I don't even like. I don't even know why they would make it rated R or whatever. Like unless they're actually going for like a lot of the exploitation, exploitative stuff, of like nudity and things mm-hmm. like that or whatever, or drug use or whatever. You know, which is totally prevalent in a lot of these '80s movies. So I definitely recommend The Final Girls out of the two. Um, I mean, totally watch both of them. I, I think they they both contrast each other nicely. I will say. Um, one not so great one super awesome Um, in my opinion anyway I think that is all that I have about that one
2: please tell me yeah please tell me you stuck around for the bloopers and outtakes oh yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. so good yeah (laughs) so good
2: Adam Adam Devine is just like uh, there are so many scenes where he's using like he in this movie he thinks he's the stud and he's not really a stud (laughs) But he plays it off in this way that is just so funny. But yeah, yeah. all the characters, I just, everybody was lovable. And it, yeah, mm-hmm. it was a great, I would, obviously I recommended it to you. Yeah, so I yeah. would recommend it to, to everyone. <laughs>
0: yeah. I
2: do think it's an interesting compare and contrast though. I mean, if you're interested, mm-hmm. watch both movies just to see what we're talking about. Because they, they have a lot of common um, themes, I guess, being about mm-hmm. the final girl. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, they're very different movies. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm not one to pick the comedy over the mm-hmm. thriller. So yeah. that's saying a lot that I would pick the comedy over the thriller. So,
1: yeah. And speaking of horror comedies, like you you love Shaun of the Dead, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, there's a bunch of other stuff that I'm going to recommend to you. Um, if you like that style of like, even like this movie, like there's very, a lot of dark humor. There's a lot of stuff where it's like, like, I think you and I have sort of that same kind of level of like humor, like of what we find funny or whatever. Um, so I'm going to recommend some stuff that I've seen. Like, have you ever seen uh, Tucker and Dale versus evil? Yes.
2: Yeah, I like those kind of movies. Yeah. Yeah you, yeah. you ordered me to watch something other night, which I did not watch. And now I need to write it down. <laughs>
1: oh, um, Scott Pilgrim versus the world.
2: Yes. Okay. I'm actually yeah. writing it down.
1: <laughs> nice.
2: <laughs> I didn't watch it. Can you tell? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great movie. It's like I think if you like stuff like Shaun of the Dead, yeah, Scott Pilgrim versus the World is just like, and it's got a lot of video game like uh, references to it. So I think it would be right up your alley.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: okay. Super entertaining, super fun. I think that's all I have for these. Like uh, again, uh, man. Like I just I feel like I want to watch Final Girls again. <laughs> you know, this is just so entertaining.
2: Well, um, and there were there were a lot of elements that I thought were really clever, like to illustrate the fact that they were in a movie.
1: Right. So like
2: there's like a scene where um like in in the film Camp Bloodbath, there would mm-hmm. be these chunky letters that would come out of the sky to tell you like it was a yes. flashback. And
0: yeah. they would
2: actually have to physically step over these letters <laughs> because they were physically in the, you know, the the yeah. ap- the the place you know little things like that I thought were just really clever. They threw yeah. little stuff like that to remind you they're in a movie mm-hmm, that this mm-hmm. is a movie within a movie, and so the little things that they did to kind of remind you of that I thought were really really good.
1: Yeah, totally agreed. And and that's why like I was surprised when I didn't see that they've done other stuff after this. Like I think uh, they did some TV stuff, or whatever. Um, and then they got a new film, or at least the the director does. He's got a new film coming out but really if it's like uh what what call it um isn't it romantic that's really the only thing that they did together after this movie so like i'm just bummed out that like cuz i think that they're great talents and you know they would they would excel doing like other cool stuff um especially in the genre i feel like they have that dialed in um so they they i could see them doing like a like a legit horror movie mm-hmm. um you know as opposed to like something that's comedy or whatever so, yeah, totally. Like, the final girls from 2015, not final girl. Although they're both, like, like Krista said, they're both very cool contrast of each other. But they're, I, I will say they're both done well. Um, I just prefer the final girls. Like, that speaks more to my taste. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, I guess that's all I have for this episode. We, we did over an hour. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to point the listeners to?
2: Uh, No, I don't think so. I mean, Distrain Sessions, you know, check us out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We release
2: every other Tuesday. So.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I heard you guys mention something about coming up to like the season's end or something.
2: Hmm. I'll have to talk to Kurt about that. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, he he likes to think a few episodes ahead. We usually don't yeah. end the season until around the holidays, and then we take a oh, break. Okay. So okay, we'll cool. take like a winter break, and then season five will start. Oh my god, season five! It's <laughs> crazy. Oh, wow, I'm having a moment. No, but we're having a, a our next episode is a not next. We have one episode coming, and then the one after that is a listener's. Uh, uh, submission story, so if you have okay. any stories you want to submit, Brian, we're all ears. they're Next. rolling in <laughs> usually, we have to like ask for, like several weeks to get, and we've already got like probably ten stories that have been sent to us, and I know there's wow more. yeah,
1: that's awesome. those are my
2: favorite those are my favorite i love I love reading people's stories or hearing them told in their own voices. It's pretty
1: yeah, cool. yeah, and um not to mention like I think it, I want to say it was the last listener' story episode um or the previous one um there was that one where the uh there was a female that was talking about like being um assaulted by like an apparition um i i i know like i, I just i when i heard it i was i was totally like disturbed you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i was just like oh my god this is so creepy I, there's, there's a movie called the entity uh from i think it's the 70s or like Early eighties, where like stuff like that happens, and I just remember watching that movie really young as a child, and just mm. it being seared into my head, and just being really disturbing. So when I heard that listener story, I don't. I think Kurt was actually reading it. Um, it was just very, very disturbing stuff, and it's almost like it skates that that edge of being psychological or like actually like legit. Mm-hmm. You
0: know? Yeah.
1: Um. So yeah, I I, I love uh the listener stories episodes they're they're awesome um and like if you're listening to this show and you happen to have like some of your own stories like uh kurt and krista invite you to you know leave a message on there do you, you wouldn't happen to have the phone number would you i'll link it to the <laughs>
0: show
2: <laughs> kurt does all that trying to no, do work No, well, (laughs) so we we have a Gmail. It's the strange sessions at gmail.com. So we're getting a lot of submissions through there. Yeah, what I love about that is that I think that we've gotten a lot of um, feedback from people saying, I've been going through this thing and I didn't know anyone else was. And I'm so thankful that you guys have put this out there because now I know that I'm not the only one experiencing this. And then you have people who start to feel comfortable sharing what's been happening to them. And maybe they're helping someone else understand that they're not alone. And I, I just love that sort of, I don't know, we're, we, we've made people feel comfortable sharing something that's actually really personal. So.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And and not to mention, like, it makes them sometimes feel weird to put it, put it out like that. So, like, when they hear a submission and it's, like, similar to theirs, it's that connection. And it's like, oh, it makes it okay for me to maybe tell my story or like, right. you know, seek help or whatever, whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Um, you you guys are changing lives, Krista. So <laughs> One
2: stranger at a time. Hey, nice. some people legitimately fall asleep when they listen to us. <laughs> so if we're helping people sleep, I'm cool with that too.
1: <laughs> so uh, find the Strange Sessions on Facebook. Um, they have their own page and group. Um, really cool individuals. Uh, and it's always interesting. They always keep um, adding all these different uh, topics and whatnot. You know, sometimes somebody will add an a, a article about Bigfoot or whatever. I think I think that's where I saw the the Nessie thing actually. Yeah. I don't, maybe it yeah. was somewhere in there. Um, so yeah, so like I, I totally recommend. You know, I, I I always talk you up, but you're one of the most interesting shows out there. Um, so anybody that happens up, up, upon this show. And they've never heard of The Strange Sessions. I totally recommend it um, wholeheartedly. Not just saying that because Chris is cool and she's my friend now and she actually likes being on my show. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a legit good show. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for being on. Uh, I think this is episode 11, I want to say, which is crazy.
2: <laughs> well, thank you for having me. It's, I'm having a blast. So
1: Awesome. And um, I can't wait for the next one. Um, I think maybe it's my turn to recommend or I don't know. We'll see. <laughs>
2: is that how it's going to work? We're going to take turns. I'm okay with sure.
1: that. Sure. That's cool. cool. Or like, even if you think of something where it's like, Oh my God, like this one, you know, like I'm, I invite that as well. Um, but I have, like, I know you're a big found footage person. I yes. have one that I think is going to just creep you out. Like, um, okay. but I'm teasing that for now. Like we'll, we'll talk about that for next one. Again, thank you, Krista for being on my show. It means the world to me uh and then everybody out there like i know we're going through all these tough times but i think the best way to get through it is together you know so like i think if we just remain together and don't try to like break us apart and separate us or whatever i think we'll just have an easier time doing all this stuff together and helping each other and just being like doing the the right thing you know so having said that thanks everybody for listening to film deviant i guess i'll talk to you next time but in the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other. Bye-bye.
2: <laughs> I like your take tagline, the whole take care of yourselves and each other. I like that.
1: You know we'll just see how this goes okay I'll, I'll have an intro then some stuff to get into then the meat and potatoes as i always say
2: that's funny that's i i say that too not about the podcast with kurt i did another podcast for work and i always called the the guts of the podcast the meat and potatoes that's really cool. <laughs> a midwestern thing
1: right even though i'm from the east coast though. <laughs> you live here
2: now so <laughs> You're a Midwesterner. <laughs>
1: Did I tell you I'm actually like an adopted Bears fan? Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. Like Do you
2: pretend to be a Bears fan <laughs> Like, why would you willingly be a Bears fan? I'm just saying.
1: Oh, that's right. You're a Packers.
2: You're into fan. like losing teams. Okay. <laughs> oh.
1: Shit. Here, let me. Where's the off button? Here, <laughs> disconnect
2: button. <laughs>
0: Mute. Oh, that's cool. Hi. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I'm <a> Packers fan. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, well.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, what was I gonna say? I was gonna.
2: Your adopted Bears fan.
1: No, like so meat and potatoes.
2: Oh
1: yeah. no, I was gonna go somewhere with that, but I totally. <laughs> Lost.
2: Distracted yeah. you?
1: Lost it like the Bears do. How <laughs> <laughs> about you? i can always i can always default to the patriots so you know it's all good Uh, whatever
0: (laughs) (laughs) didn't he retire okay anyway (laughs) all
1: right um all right here we go